Hello, welcome to episode six of the Five Point Move podcast. I'm Tim Hans, founder, senior editor of FivePointMove.com. And with me is my co-host, 1996 Olympic silver medalist, 1995 world champion, Dennis Hall. Dennis, what's going on in Wisconsin tonight? Not much, man. Just got done moving last weekend and uh, settling in a, into the new place and uh, taking a little bit of a break for the fourth. And you also have a uh, new fire pit, I believe you're proud of. Is that not correct? Yes, yes. It's been used uh, quite a bit since I moved in last Friday. So going to use it again tomorrow night and uh, enjoying the nice quiet evenings out here. Did you build this yourself? Of course. You know that. Sent me a picture telling you I did. <laughs> well, with us on episode six is someone uh, Coach Dennis Hall knows quite well. That is two-time Olympian and 2017 World Team member Ben Provisor. Ben, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. No problem. How you guys doing? Well, you know what? Let's just get right to it. Cause... Doing good. You've been training with our co-hosts since you were young. How soon mm -hmm. into your relationship did you realize how unique this was, that your coach was, you know, whatever, I mean, practically a living legend? Did it give you a lot to aspire towards? And also, you know what, what has that relationship been like as you have, I mean, really both, but certainly as you have grown older? Yeah, I mean, it's been, uh, it was pretty special watching, uh, Dennis go through his career, you know, in Indianapolis when he had that epic, uh, 16 minute match with Paulson or 15, whatever it was. I, uh, I was there in the stands. Like, I know his family, he ran up to his family and stuff, but I was sweating my ass off, super nervous for him too, you know. And, you know, it's, I guess I didn't really realize how much of a legend he was until I got a little bit older. I didn't realize, like, you know, when I was young, I just like playing hard and working hard and like just being a boy pretty much. But now definitely it's pretty rare and definitely feel like, you know, I'm guided towards this certain thing because I have a, you know, world champion Olympic medalist in my hometown. It's a pretty crazy thing to have. Um, and he's training going through his career. So it's definitely a very unique situation and definitely feel guided towards being being who I am now, a Greco, Greco wrestler. Well, and plus, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, he, he, I mean, this isn't like some kind of fluke situation. He actually believes that you can one up him and get yourself an Olympic gold medalist, uh, be an Olympic gold medalist. Is that, does that, I mean, that must be quite the compliment, you know, having your coach slash mentor who's, you know, absolutely one of the best wrestlers in the history of this country believes that you know what you have an olympic gold medal waiting inside of you yeah i definitely think it's uh pretty special to hear you know dennis has always has always told me that you know i should have more med world olympic medals um by the time i'm done than him and you know it's good that i've i'm just developing now into you know who i can as a wrestler because i had a lot of back stuff go through it or back injuries but now, you know, it's it's definitely special to, you know, continue to have Dennis in my in my corner and just be, you know, in the same area. I like 
I like Wisconsin and I like being like I know I'm supposed to be here to train before I wrestle. It gives me like a peace of mind before I wrestle. So what is it about Wisconsin? I mean Wisconsin's like a you know obviously a very major Greco state. You know, it's one of I guess what would you say three or four you know you say Wisconsin, Minnesota, Illinois, Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, That's pretty much it right there. Okay, well, let's say for the sake of argument, I I would like to California. California's got some good guys. Yeah, they get they get they got good wrestling in high school. Well, California does an excellent job of promoting both international styles. I would go so far as to say, California does a better job than almost every other state in that regard. In fact, that's that's the problem. We shouldn't have to do it in our state. It should be in our schools. Olympic wrestling should be in our schools and in our if we had that we'd be 10 times better than any country in the world we'd be the russia of the world because we have that we would have it in our schools but we don't we've made our own style well hundreds of millions of people in this country you know literally hundreds of millions of you know youth aged athletes if just you know two percent more participated in wrestling that would be enough to i think probably uh prove you correct when we probably shut down everybody else oh yeah that's not even having that's not even having that's not even having all of our kids in that's still having folk style imagine if we actually had just freestyle and greco as kids and think about how much fun how much funner like a high school match would be if you go there get to go and watch somebody get domed on their head (laughs) yeah Though that's been my argument. My argument is not against folk style. My argument is simply that if there is folk style, kids should have the choice to wrestle Greco and or freestyle during the same months of the year. You know? I'm against folk style. (laughs) (laughs) When you say against it, do you mean ban it, eliminate it? Peace no, out. don't ban it. Yeah, that would be the best. That would be the best solution, but that's never going to happen because of what America is. That's not That's not logical. You know what I'm saying? Well, there's way happen. too much money tied up in folks. Yeah, oh, NCAA, it's ridiculous. It's, it's never going to happen. That, that's dreaming. We're, it's never going to happen. So that's that's just saying it. But, in, I mean, I would definitely do, do what you're saying as far as promoting it and definitely letting them choose because we'd have more of them committing at a younger age but folk but it being like a greco athletes we are folk style is completely opposite of positioning that we need in greco the reason our greco guys in the u.s are so far behind is because you wrestle so much folk style and freestyle in in, in the u.s we don't get it promoted greco is not promoted on a high scale well no there's no doubt about it i mean I mean, results that we need results to get promotion, but it's just how it's always been. Even when we did have results, even when Dennis was world winning world championships, it was still the same thing. You know, Dennis is a Dennis in in most countries. Dennis would get a million dollars in a in a free house, in a free car, and free insurance for his family for the rest of his life. In the U.S., he's got to struggle. It's retarded. Hall, you were saying. Sorry. I was. Just saying that, uh, you know, in with Greco in the United States, we just 
it's hard to get kids to buy into it and and there's nowhere to train it you get to train it three months out of the year and that's not not enough when you're competing against guys that are doing it you know one or two times a day since they're seven eight years old yeah totally and the crazy part about that is you know i went over to bulgaria when i was young and i wasn't even that i wasn't even that good in greco and freestyle and i was murdering everyone i mean i was good but if and they were they were all my age. I was killing everyone, not even getting touched. So I mean, imagine if we, imagine if we did freestyle and Greco all year round and never stopped. I mean, it's a it's a world certainly I would like to live in. I'm sure I'm not alone. It's just become really just so difficult to imagine. If only because I mean, with every year that goes by, folk style, especially especially with the, the media culture now, you know, collegiate wrestling is big business. I mean, it's just gigantic and you can't escape it. Um, and I mean, look at, we, we just, uh, I think it was last week, right. Uh, Gabe Dean confirmed that he's going to compete in Greco. That was huge news. Not just because, you know, Greco's getting, you know, a college wrestler, but Greco's getting a very, you know, accomplished college wrestler. And you just hope that that's like a carrot to any youths who look up to Gabe Dean and other, you know, similarly credentialed college athletes and stuff like that, because that's, that's how we have to sell this at this point. Don't you think? Yeah. Well, let's hope he's not in my way. Oh, I think, I think he's actually going to be, <laughs> he's going to actually be in your way. <laughs> Let him come. I love to wrestle folk style wrestlers. Please. Well, uh, I mean, I hope you don't mind. I, I want to kind of do this in reverse chronological order, unless Hall objects, which I doubt he does. Do you? Nah, he's not no going to object to shit. Nah, he doesn't really care, does he? No. Um, well, let's. Let's start with a few weeks ago, and that's Tbilisi, the Tbilisi Grand Prix. In the finals of that tournament, you wrestled a guy who I've, you know, actually enjoyed watching the last couple of years, and Robert Kobliashvili of Georgia. Um, now he's pretty tough. He broke he broke uh, Janikowski, Damian Janikowski, in Mongolia at the first uh, Olympic Games qualifier, and. He's also just a pretty good name to measure yourself against before Paris. Mm-hmm. All he got against you were two iffy passivity points. I mean, that's how he won. And it was a home right. tournament for him anyway. Um, yeah. But even still, I'd have to think that overall, Tbilisi was a good test event for you before the summer heats up. Were you yes. happy overall with how you performed despite getting gifed here and there on points? Yeah, um, I didn't mind. I uh, wrestled good. It was definitely a good test. Um, I knew I wasn't going to be, you know, too out of shape. I pretty much came back from Pan Ams and started working right away. So, I mean, it was definitely a great preparation. I wrestled a really good Iranian. Um, he was, he actually wouldn't even have made weight if, he, if we didn't weigh on a super light scale that they had for us. Um, but yeah, it was a great test tournament. I had, you know, four good matches and, that match in the finals, I mean, he's definitely been a, a great wrestler, consistent wrestler on the world level. And, you know, he nothing really happened. You know, he definitely definitely knows that, you know, I'm going to be a force. I mean, a force. You know, I'm not going to be an easy person.
person to wrestle and he's not going to get those calls and he's not going to the match is wouldn't turn out the way it would have like turned out for him in a world championship because he's not going to get those calls no and and in the second period especially i mean you were you you, you, you had you had him on his heels it's ridiculous i made 10 attempts in and like not even not even freaking 3 minutes it was ridiculous and they warned me they didn't even warn him <laughs> well i i trust that you probably knew that going in that that, that oh, would be yeah. the case oh yeah i knew i was losing <laughs> well it was still you know what i mean look it the way the points are governed, I, uh, results okay. are results. Right, right. You got to be able to score. That's what I'm working on. Yeah, I mean, uh, outside of picking him up and pile driving him like Paul Orndorff in 1985, uh, you you controlled the pace. But even with controlling the pace it was probably going to be very difficult for you to get any kind of uh, passivity calls, I would think. Yeah, and, and he was a solid wrestler. He knocked me, you know, he hit me in a few positions that I, I know I wasn't expecting, and he definitely was strong. So, I mean, it was a good it was a good match. Um, but, you know, they got him and the, the guy from Hungary wrestled in the finals too uh, at at the Europeans. So, I mean, those are the one, two guys in the country that were or in Europe that were in my bracket. So I know I'm right there. Yeah. Was that match against the Iranian fun? I mean, that was, that was pretty much almost, a, I mean, that was one of the most, uh, I don't know, certainly definitely the most physical t- match of the tournament that I saw, but it, it was one yeah, of the more brutal fun. matches I've seen in a I while. I liked it. I, li- I liked it because, you know, he actually, you know, pressured. I actually really liked the match. I was tired and it was, it was actually like fun for me because I got to wrestle. There's a lot of like, uh, just getting out of the U S I don't get a wrestle a lot. You know, the guys that, you know, overseas are willing to get in positions and wrestle with me. So I actually, I mean, definitely enjoyed that match. It was a physical match. I was definitely tired. He was a big, he was a big guy, but, uh, it was a, it was a good, good push. And he just kept pushing hard with his underhook and I kept off balancing him and getting around. The first time I off balance and he grabbed my leg, like just grabbed. My yeah, leg yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I remember that. And I challenged it. I maybe I shouldn't have challenged it, but I mean, I was like, I mean, he grabbed my freaking legs right off of off balance. It's a foul. It's not an offensive move. You know what I'm saying? It's a defensive <laughs> move. That's cheating. And they didn't call it, but he did it in, at the end of the match too. When I was trying to go around after I off. Right, right, right towards the edge. So it paid off, anyways. Now your challenges are always kind of entertaining. Uh, the way you you look at the official as if he's got antennas coming out of his head, like what is, what is going on here? <laughs> and, then, and then you call for the well, challenge. It's always a good one. Well, when you get when you get consistently hosed and stuff, I, I don't. I mean, Dennis Dennis knows how I feel. Oh, <laughs> I I I, I yeah. think everybody knows how Dennis feels too. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, uh, I'm on the same page as Dennis. You know, I actually have been an official for a long time. Like I've been involved when I got hurt a lot in 2000, 2012, 2015. I've been an official, so I mean, I know a lot of the high-ranking officials. So I mean, I, when I get calls against me that I don't like, I mean, I know them too. Like I have a lot of them as friends on Facebook, and I talk to them. Like this last rep, one of the refs, like that ref browse match he was like actually 
not a, he was, I mean, he was a little bit apologetic about me because I got headbutted. You know, I had st- nine stitches in my freaking, in my chin and they were saying I was headbutting. I was like, so I'm headbutting Rob with my chin? Like, what are you talking about? He's shouldering me in the face. <laughs> and they just let it go. And I told them how I felt. I mean, I ended up having to score on him to win, but I'm not going to sit here and get beat up just because, I don't know, they're used to me or something. I don't know. Well, you know what? That's an important direction to actually go in right now is, um, I mean, we're going to get to 2016, but the World Team Trials this year, um, was that was this a uh, you know some some kind of mission statement? Where did you have to prove a point? Well, I felt like it once all the people started dropping down into my weight class or and coming up. I did I did feel it's funny you asked that because I did feel that way. Um, after that's right. If you don't mind me saying, these- I mean eighty five was act absolutely. One of the most stacked weight classes we've had in this country in probably a decade. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was. I definitely should have won OW from that. It's not even close. That that bracket was by far the toughest bracket. At Anderson, Martinez, Rao. That's three world team members right there. I mean, I don't know if Anderson's made a world team, but he's been in the finals twice. And then you got me too. Oh, so, Anderson's I mean, been and, in the world team trials finals, if I'm not mistaken, what, like four times? Yeah, a bunch of times. He's like topping. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, the so, reigning I mean, national it, champion as well, and Kevin Radford. Yeah, true. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Kevin's a good, he's up and coming. He works hard. He's definitely learning a lot. He's a good wrestler. And, you know, what's his name? Kemba, who beat me, but I hadn't wrestled in a while, but he definitely beat me on that day, so. No, but I mean it's it's important to kind of hone in on because I mean you look at it and what okay so you took third at the open in December you won Schultz you went over to Denmark and Croatia I think in Croatia you finished what fifth yeah uh, fifth and seventh because fifth I, is, I had to pull out I was sick too right good. you I had was, a, you were. What didn't you have like some kind of stomach virus or something like no, that? No, I just I literally I got sick. Do you I, mean I like flu got, sick? I, yeah, I got like a flu before like congestion, like my nose was all I couldn't breathe. You know, like it was I was literally just sick after I coached at the state tournament for Amherst High School, and then I like a few days later I flew to I think it was Copenhagen. I think I went to Copenhagen, but yeah, I mean you it was bad. Sapped out. I don't know. Huh? You were sapped out. Yeah, I was just, I just wasn't feeling good. And I actually had two good tournaments because I could have wrestled Kudla. That's right, the right, bronze right, medalist, right. And I, and I could have wrestled the, I did wrestle the Hungarian in the next tournament, but I was super out of, I mean, I wasn't in great, I wasn't in the type of shape I was, I needed to be in, you know. And once I got back is when I actually had my first training cycle before trial, so. <clears throat> So you were, like, completely locked in for trials is what you're saying. Oh, yeah. I did, I wasn't – I my tours and stuff, that I was coaching the whole time, coaching high school and doing, you know, just sort of having my daughter over and, you know, taking care of my body and stuff, just not really wrestling too much. I don't, I don't think it's – I don't want to beat my body up too much. I want to make it important for myself to have rest and recovery and – you know, this winter I just sort of did that after, you know, this summer. 
And then now I completely, you know, I, I had a good two month, two and a half month training camp before trials. I mean, that was definitely the tournament that, I mean, that's the only tournament that really matters in the U.S. <laughs> you know, if we really get down to it, that's the one. Same with Olympic team trials. You know, you got to show up and win that day. It doesn't matter who qualifies the weight or who, you know, does anything. It's world team trials, Olympic team trials. You show up on that day. That's the day you got to perform. Make the team. You know, that's the most important day in my year right now. And then yeah, now it's you, worlds, obviously. <laughs> well, of course. But you know what? The That was, I mean, a, a world team appearance. That's been the really the only thing that's kind of uh, eluded you domestically, which is why I asked if that was a point being proven. Oh, no, you, I mean. I don't think that was a point. Like uh, in 2011, I would I should have been on the I should have been on the world team because Jake Fisher broke his foot right. and I was second. I was second and Bezik was third, but Bezik was with them and I couldn't. I was cut. I was at 74. I was cutting 15 kilos to get down to 74. You know, which is huge at that weight. So it took me a long time to get down to weight. So I couldn't wrestle there. 2012, I made the team. 13, I was injured. I mean, I still made the finals in 13 when I wrestled Rao, even though I was injured. 14, I was, I think I, no, 13, I took third. Then 14 was when I was injured against Rao. And then 15 is when I busted my elbow. And that's the only time I didn't make national team. And then, and then 16, I made a team. And here I made a team. So, I mean, I've been on national team since 2011, except for one year, busting my elbow. Does it feel good at this point that your body seems to be clicking on all cylinders? Oh, totally, man. It's, I, I had my back surgery, like after 2012, I had my back surgery. I had a, a few injuries happen. Like my, my, uh, I had a sports hernia and I had a tear in my hamstring and I feel like all that stuff had to happen. And now like after my back surgery and cleaning up my, like my nerve that was pinched, like after that got done, then like and now my spine is like naturally fused together so now my body's actually able to like lock in before it was like still moving because my spine was compressing that's a lot to go through before the time you even hit 25 years of age i'll tell you well i mean it's i had spina bifida when i was a kid and it i knew it i had a slip disc in my l5 and gradually went down to nothing so now like i had a in 2012 even when I made the team, I had a pinched nerve so I, in my left side, so I couldn't even use it. It was just my right side. So after that, I had the surgery to clean it up, and then it like the nerve works fine with the bone, so that started working again. And then after, I mean, I was just I'm healed now. I feel like a whole different person. Right, and you know what, Hall has um, probably something to say about that because. Uh... You know, he and Joel uh, oh, yeah. birthed the core program, mm. which uh, I think everybody got a front row seat toward uh, at the 2016 Olympic trials. I mean, you were like a cyborg. <laughs> yeah, I definitely got a lot bigger. Um, that program put on, made me put on a lot of weight, like turn on some muscles, and, you know, it's still – it's still happening. My body's still transforming is the fun part too. You know, it's like, I'm finally, now I, I got big and then I feel like now I'm like just tightening everything up. So it's, it's a fun process. It's definitely a fun, uh, workout program that 
makes like helps me maintain my body other than beating it up with you know weights all right well in keeping with the theme of working backwards a bit here uh you also of course won the pan ams in brazil your first such gold at the pan ams your first two bouts were you know pretty much complete beat towns you have that snap that snap that just knocks guys down it's like a, it it's like a, a good boxer's left hook or something i mean you just you just knock people down with it you had a takedown in the finals that sealed up your gold on criteria um now this this tournament was interesting for two reasons i mean first off because it immediately followed the world team trials it was the week the week after and also of course was the fire Walk us hmm. through this a little bit, if you would. How, I mean, obviously, how you felt in Brazil overall, and what it was deal, what it was like dealing with uh, like a fire the day before you compete. Actually, you know what? That was actually it was supposed the day to be I the, did compete. It was the day you right, and they postponed it to the next day. Right? Yeah, it was a crazy. That was a crazy day. I mean, first like coming after trials, I was a little bit sore. My chin had some stitches. I had the nine stitches in it. But I mean, uh, I mean, I knew going in, going into the tournament that I was still going to be in great shape and definitely going to be, you know, hopefully wrestling a Cuban in the finals. Um, I mean, or semifinals or quarters, whatever, wherever the Cuban is. And uh, had a day in Chicago. I mean, I got done with trials. Had a day in Chicago um, that I spent at Coach Mike Powell's house. He uh, let me stay there for the day. It was awesome. Uh, Coach Mike Powell's the man. Yeah, he's a great dude. He uh, he's got an awesome house. He had a sauna and like a shower right outside. It was awesome. It was an amazing place. His wife's a lawyer. Awesome little place in Oak Park. He got the cutest little daughter too. Or I think it's a daughter. No, it's a boy. No, yeah, it's, it's a boy. boy. It's a boy. It's a boy. He's a tank. He's cool. He's an awesome little kid. But. Um, yeah, I flew there. I mean, it was a long flight. Um, got there, wait, made, had to make scratch again, which wasn't that fun. Um, but wrestled really good in the tournament. Um, it, it, I felt good coming off of trials. And then, uh, I mean, the first match against this, he what was at the freaking chili guy. He was short. So I knew when he pressured a little bit that I'd be able to off balance him easily. And, did that a few times, took him down. Colombian, same thing, a few snaps and off balances. And then the Cuban, I, I just hit that same duck that I hit on Rao in the finals pretty much to to win the match. And, you know, he, he didn't really have too much offense on his, on his feet, so I, I really wasn't worried about, you know, scoring again. And I, I mean, scoring unless I needed to again in the match. Um, but the fire situation, that – that in itself was crazy. I mean, I know Matt talked to you about it. Me and him, I was literally getting ready for my match. Like, I'm three three matches away, and I'm, like, looking down this hallway, like, 50 feet in front of me, and I just see black smoke coming up. I'm like, I'm like, uh, I just sort of froze, you know? And I was like, <laughs> I, I, I was like, I just froze. I was like, hey, Matt, I, I was like, do you see this, dude? He's like, I see it. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, we should probably go, man. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, we should probably go, and then we just went downstairs, and fire ensued. You know, the women's sauna set on fire, and 
luckily nobody got injured, you know, while you know, nobody got burnt or anything in there. But there's definitely some some Brazilian men that had to go in there and put out the fire that had some got some damage. It was crazy. It's, it sounds like complete chaos. I mean, how do you how do you it's get your chaos. head together? Total chaos. It's totally chaos. I mean, it wasn't. There's something I can do about it, you know. So we we, we go back. I'm about to wrestle my first match, and then we go back to the hotel. And I just we just go and eat and stuff and relax because there's nothing we can do. And then we are spo- we're supposed to find out if we're gonna be wrestling in the hotel or if we're gonna be wrestling in the arena again. Uh, I mean it, it was nuts. But I mean when I went into the sauna the first time in the men's sauna when I, we went in there, it, I mean it's literally a sauna. There's rock, there's rock underneath it, and it was like plywood with rusty. It was like these little plywood strips of wood it wasn't even real wood that's why it's, it was freaking little pieces of tinder and they just blew up when it got too hot in there you know it's stupid it's like yeah, a tinder box it sounds like a real safe place really yeah yeah it was nuts but then i mean we found out it was going to be in the we had to wrestle the same day as the women but we were starting at I think 7 a.m right at, yeah we started at 7 a.m so we woke up, I woke up and went to the tournament at six, freaking woke up at wow. seven. My first match was at seven. I think, I think we were on the bus at six. My first match was at 7 a.m. And then freaking we're rest, like I wrestled the chili guy first. Cause I'm like right away. I wrestled him right away. And I, I was like a little bit hurting because I had never wrestled a match at 7 a.m. in my life. <laughs> I literally, I was like, like, I was hurting a little bit. Like, I, I wrestled a, a pre-warm-up match, but I still wasn't feeling, I mean, I wasn't feeling great, you know? And and then I wrestled the Colombian, and I felt like I warmed up and felt pressure a little bit better against him. And then, you know, the Cuban, same thing. You know, I wrestled him well, too. It wasn't too much, too hard of a match, I don't think. Well, altogether... You got in a lot of matches this year, especially, obviously, compared to last year and even before that, of course, coming back from multiple injuries. Now, Hall has yelled at me before over this, since I like to say that getting in a lot of matches is good, whereas he talks about training blocks and then competing, training blocks and then competing. So who's right? Now, you've competed in seven events this year, counting the Open. You look yeah. great, as brutal and intense as ever, and your body is held up well. So mm-hmm. are you going to go against your mentor, Professor Hall over there, and say, you know, training blocks, blah, blah, blah? Or has it been nice to have a full slate of tournaments this year? Well, you guys, so it has been nice having a full slate of tournaments. I'll, I'll give you that. But I definitely did have training blocks. As I said before, I I did have a set time of when I was going to train. You know, I knew that prior to, you know, my international tours and stuff, I wasn't too worried about competing there. But then I did, when I really wanted to get ready, I did have a training block and then wrestled. All right, Hall, can you settle this, please? Once and for all, why am I wrong? Why am, I mean, obviously, you know, I don't compare to you and Ben. Think about it this way. If, if we got athletes 
that go overseas, they're not ready to compete at that level. They go overseas, they spend $3,000, whatever it costs for a trip. They go, they lose their first match. Then they stay there for another week, train a little bit, you know, then, then lose their first match of the next tournament. What good is that? That's true. How about you fix your problems and you get down to it and you go out there and you test? You know, that's, that's all true. I'm saying. I, you know, when I competed, the only tournament I gave a rat's ass about was the World Championships or Olympics and the, and the World Team Trials. All the other tournaments were practiced. Yeah. You know, you, you go over to season February, March, April, even May, and those guys ain't the same as they are when you wrestle them in, in September or end of August at the World Championships. You know, they're they're trying new stuff. They're you know, they they don't treat it the same way as we treat international competition. I think it's a joke when people put all stock into, you know, um how they perform in a tournament in January. You know, yeah, that's true. are you getting better? That's the question to ask and look at look at where you got beat. If if you you didn't win the tournament, and even if you did, there's areas where you can improve. Now you got to go back and train. Mm-hmm. Totally. How can you get better, and what what can you do to improve on what you did? And like those those tournaments that I had were actually great. I mean, ben, for even- ben, real quick against the Georgian. Uh huh. Against the Georgian, I watch a match, and you know your your duck is straight on. You got to pull on him, get him moving. You know, to hit that duck on him. You oh, get yeah. him stepping inside, you club him in the head. You know, it's those no, little I, things. Now you know yeah. you can move him, make the adjustment. Yeah, no, it's funny you say that because I was actually doing that to Hooker today to hit my duck. I was t- getting an angle and then ducking. So, it's, yeah, that's definitely true. No doubt that, about that. That's what, that's what those tournaments are for. Mm-hmm. You're saying test right that that was the phrase i believe you used before is test yeah that's where you're at test and correction see what am i missing because i figure getting as many matches as possible is always a positive yeah see the thing the thing that you're what dennis is saying is that all these you know most of our trips how our trips are involved is we'll go overseas because our guys aren't good in greco we get there, we wrestle one match, and then everybody's out. You know, it, I can do that. I can have a full season because I'm not going to go to a tournament and go lose right away. You know, maybe I will. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. But usually I'm going to get a few wins at a tournament, you know. But every a lot of people in the U.S. need to stay home and work on their basic Greco skills because their Greco is just not that good. Their part there is just not that good, and they need to work on it. You know, there's not there's not a lot of people that know how to actually do Greco correctly in this country. There's not a lot of good coaches that stay trying to teach it because it's hard and people give up on it. And there's not a lot of money in it, you know. <sighs> OK, so <laughs> I would tend to think that funding has a lot to do with this. Obviously, there's not an unlimited supply of money. Therefore, if we go ahead and, you know, send guys this might be their only trip of the of the winter, of the spring, of the year. They go somewhere, be it, you know, Serbia, be it Hungary, wherever it is, 
they go 0-1 and, and they're out, not only did they just get, you know, whatever one match in, but it's also, you know, essentially a waste of resources because they threw money away and really they could have just spent that time training at home. Is that basically the gist here? Yeah. You know, here, here's my point. You know, Michael Hooker just went overseas to Denmark to train with their team over there. He gets over there. He's wrestling with high school guys, and it doesn't make any sense. He flies home early, and he's training with Ben right now, okay? He's got to go do play Army for a little bit in uh, about a week and a half. He's going to play Army for two weeks, then he's going to come back, and hopefully when he comes back in the beginning of August, we have a training partner from overseas. He's going to bring a training partner for three or six months with my contacts. But that's what I'm saying. Use the resources he got instead of going overseas. Going overseas sucks, you know. I mean, it's cool, but, you know, you get the most bang for your buck by bringing partners in over here. Who might argue with any of this? I don't know. Well, I think you do know, but that's besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, you know, Hooker likes the idea of having a guy that is around his weight, you know, competing from another country that's number two or three. And in in, I'm trying to get him a guy from Belarus, number two or three guy from Belarus. Uh, um, you know, if that doesn't work, I'm going to try Armenia that doesn't work then i'm gonna go to my friend that's coaching in norway and he's got he's originally from bulgaria so we're gonna give him a good partner and that's gonna help him out of the time uh not to be completely off topic but uh i mean either one of you can answer this uh is hooker gonna go 75 next year yeah it'll be at 75 all right. That's interesting. Okay. All right, Ben. Mm-hmm. Let's dial it back one more time, and that's to last year's Olympic trials. Now, jump in here whenever you want, really, but is it fair to say that a lot of people, be them the media, coaches, or fans in general, counted you out? Were you an underdog despite having already made the Olympic team in 2012? No, I was definitely an underdog. I was a four seed coming in. I mean, I mean, home had dominated that weight for three years, you know. And so I definitely was an underdog. And I was hurt for three years. So fans and coaches, you know, people probably thought, oh, he's just going to get hurt again, you know. And I, I just had a lot of stuff going on in my life that I needed to I needed to get straightened out. And, you know, once I thought I feel like I did the right things for my life and my career, I, uh, you know, came home and, you know, started working with Dennis and Joel. And, uh, and then I went to Florida and trained there because I needed a partner for a little bit. And, you know, it was a great turnout. I, I felt like I had a lot to prove and, you know, came out there like, you know, I feel like I 
prove my point at the end of the tournament, you know. All right, well, you know what? Maybe a better way to ask that is how did you see yourself? I mean, did you see yourself as, you know, I mean, you're, you're Ben Provisor for crying out loud. Uh, you no. made the Olympic team at, what, 21 years of age. I mean, were you an underdog in your eyes? I felt like I was going to win. I always feel like I need to be confident um, in my ability to perform. If, if you're not confident, I don't think there's any way you're going to be able to do it. If you don't believe in yourself, then I don't think you're going to be able to do it. So, I mean, I definitely thought I could win. People out in the outside world maybe didn't think I could win, but I know you could ask Dennis and I could. I know who he thought he was going to win, you know? Well, that doesn't almost count yeah, because he thinks true. you're going to kill everybody. No, but it was a big, it, it sort of does count because there's a big change in my life. You know, I changed like just my attitude and just trying to do the right things every day, you know? So, I mean, there, you can, there's you a lot of people in, in my life that. Made... Yeah, I'm sorry, say of... that again, please. I, I was, I well. What I was saying is, if he had stayed in Colorado Springs, I don't believe he would have been on an Olympic team. He came back home, he found peace, and got his head on right. Do you agree with that, Ben? Totally. No, I totally agree with that. That's what I was just saying. Was that a more satisfying win, 2016, than 2012? Definitely. Definitely. Oh, really? A more satisfying win. 2012 was 2012 was like a surprise, you know, because I I was sort of I was I was injured, you know. I had half of my I literally had half of my body, you know. In in 2012, I was cut. I mean, I was big for the weight, and I knew I was gonna be strong, but I, I literally couldn't bring my left hip in. If I brought my left hip in at all, my sciatic nerve went off, and it was like my leg died. So what? It wasn't cool. My nerve was pinched like a garden hose. So. It was fun, but I had to train through a really bad injury all summer, so it sucked, honestly. <laughs> but uh, it was fun to make and great to wrestle and great experiences. I definitely felt like I was on the right path, and then, but I think 16 was definitely a more satisfying win. Um, I think just upsetting home and then, you know, beating a, a really veteran in Clark was a good tournament for me, you know. Oh, I mean, it was a completely unforgettable performance, uh, specifically uh, how you won, especially in match number two of the final. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, he, he I slipped my arm out of his headlock, and he tried to – and he still had Front a headlock. headlock. Right, he spun he around. That was, that was – that's a Jacob Clark calling card from Parterre. Yeah, but I slipped my arm out. I knew he was going to do it. So I slipped my arm out, and he still tried to break my neck. <laughs> and then he got—he tried to call me for a leg foul. I was like, "Dude, you tried to break my neck, even if I grabbed your leg." So that's why they called him. They gave me another two point. They gave me two, and then two, and then a pin, because he actually had an illegal headlock. <laughs> How do you think you're perceived in this country? You know, um, take Jordan Spieler for instance. Uh, I call Jordan at least uh, on the site, uh, the bad guy. You know, mm-hmm. he, seems to, he seems to like that a little. Not that you're necessarily a bad guy. I mean, you're a terrific guy. But you're also unafraid to tell it like it is, uh, certainly, or at least how you see it. 
I mean, come to think of it, that reminds me of somebody. Uh, hmm. But uh, do you think, do you think you've that. gotten... Uh, Nothing I can do about who I was raised by. <laughs> uh, there are four other kids who will certainly have something very similar to say eventually. Uh, yeah. But is, I mean, is it true? I mean, do you think that there's like, let's say a twisted, a skewed perception of you and that maybe folks who follow the sport just haven't gotten a chance to know you properly? Yeah. I mean, I know I have, I know I'm not really, um, you know, a featured athlete much in USA wrestling. Um, but I don't know if there's any twisted thing about me. I'm a, I'm pretty straightforward. I just like wrestling Greco and, you know, hopefully as I'm perceived in the U.S., you know, in the next few years, I, I don't want to be the, I want to be the world champion and hopefully Olympic champion. Like Dennis has been, you know, been saying I have the potential to be, you know, I feel like I'm going to be here to stay for a long time. You know, I, I'm, I'm just coming into my own in in Greco right now, you know, the first few years since I was, you know, since 2011 being second on national team and, and all these, I've had a lot of, you know, good experience on the senior level. And now I'm finally, I feel like reaching my full potential. So, I mean, as far as people looking at me and who I am in the U.S. and USA, I mean, I am going to be USA Greco for the next 10, 12 years, whatever, as long as I decide to wrestle. I don't think there's anybody in the United States that's going to come close to me. And with how kids are, how kids are, you know, taught a lot of folk style and freestyle nowadays, there's not a lot of great Greco wrestlers coming up. So I'm really not too worried about it. So, I mean, hopefully I can be the face of, USA Greco for a long time. That's my hope. Yeah, I think uh, I think you pretty much uh, slam dunked that question. Let's let's go a little personal here, a little more personal at least, and that is you have a you know you have a beautiful little girl who no doubt is the love of your life. I like to ask this question a lot. But how has fatherhood, fatherhood, changed your perspective on being, you know, being an athlete, being a professional athlete, as it were? No, it's just uh, has to be more focused. You know, I've uh, especially like I've been saying that I feel like I'm coming into my own. Like I have to take advantage of this time, you know, and I feel like, you know, God's been telling me to focus on myself lately and you know, really get everything, you know, hatcheted down. So, I mean, a rat, I mean, ha- ratcheted down for worlds. But, I mean, if, if I know if I'm concentrated on myself and taking care of myself, then I know my daughter's going to be taken care of with his insurance and money, you know. So, I mean, it's definitely, you know, it's a different type of love having a kid. I've, I've never experienced anything like that. I mean, as you both, as you both know, it's just, uh, it's a different thing. And my little, my little girl is, you know, my whole heart and I need to, I need to provide for her. So me taking advantage of my time as a you know, professional athlete, as long as I can do it and hopefully winning you know, multiple world medals and Olympic medals in the next few years. And you know, that's just going to secure her future. So, um, I mean, being a dad is the best thing I ever did watching her. I mean, watching her be born is, I mean, it's, Compared to the Olympics, all that type of stuff, there's nothing like, nothing like being a dad. Honestly, nothing like the type of love you that I received from her. It's a, 
it's a, I think it's a fun journey to raise, you know, to raise things. I'm a, I like gardening too. Like I like watching things being raised, you know, I like seeing it through to having, you know, it, it's bare, it's fruit, you know what I'm saying? And whatever fruit it bears. So. No, no, no. I mean, I can relate to the whole fatherhood stuff. Botany, I get lost in. <laughs> I just like gardening. I have a green thumb for some reason, so. Paul's got a green thumb. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. What? No, I don't. Little, little rose bushes inside of the house. Some daffodils. Those have been there for a while. Oh, I got, I got, a, I got a lot of flowers in the yard, man. I just mm-hmm. went out and weed whacked the whole yard. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> weed whacked the whole water. yard. Jesus Christ! You need a mower. No, I mean I did mower it, but in the back, oh, it was bad. Yeah, that shit was fucking. Horrendous. I got a question I for both. It. I got a text from Facebook. It said it's eight four nine six five one is your Facebook password reset code. Why would I have got that? I didn't do anything. Uh oh, it's your wife. Uh, I, I really. It's your ex. <laughs> She's hacking you, bro. I, I I really wouldn't worry no, too sorry. much about it if you have access to your account. <laughs> every every message is every message is gonna say a four letter word. <laughs> I don't know what that is, Dennis. That's what I mean. It's said probably reset it sounds like it reset your password. Uh I the thing that scares me is I just accepted a friend request from uh, uh, Louis Sarmiento, a wrestler from Cuba, and then I get it two minutes later. Ooh. Yeah, 30 Cubans. I, I, I really yeah. wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, I don't think it's a big deal. Okay, sorry to get it off topic, but... but that just made me a little nervous that somebody's uh, hacking my account. If anybody sees any posts uh, from me that are vulgar, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> or any posts supporting Bernie Sanders. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. All right, Ben, you up for a few user questions? Yep. Okay, well, we'll go, we'll go with the first one, and that is from Matthew Hernandez, who asks, what was the turning point in your career, and also, what helped you get to the next level? Well, turning point in my career, I mean, I think I was going to say this before, but definitely in 2012, when I made my first team, I think that was my turning point. And when I made my first like Olympic or world team trials finals and, you know, I mean, just realizing I can wrestle with, uh, wrestle with those guys on, like, on that level. I, I think that's when I really you know, made, when I first made that team, I really felt like I was meant to do this, you know, like, I was really meant to be on this path and really took it to a different level of seriousness. And what's helped me, I mean, frick, my whole life, what hasn't helped me, I mean, from the age of six, I've been coached by Dennis. From I went to Bulgaria for six months when I was 13. 
Agassi Manukian moved back into Wisconsin. You know, I had Troy Steiner as a great coach. And, of course, having Dennis, I mean, in my hometown every day and being able to watch his career, like, blossom has helped me a ton, you know, watching him win 2000, uh, 2000, what was that, 2004, Dennis? Yeah, holy shit, 2004, I was 14. Yeah. I was up, I was up in the stands sweating my ass off. My shirt was, like, soaked after his third match because I was so nervous, like, watching my coach, you know, wrestle probably the greatest match ever wrestled in American Greco, you know, and... It's I just, mean, it's uh, the greatest match, period, in this country. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's fucking definitely down there with one of the best matches I've ever seen. It was an awesome thing. To, it was awesome to watch the referees, too, not just decide it. Even though Dennis would have won that match on points uh, like on how the old rules were because he had a three-point move but yeah. I mean, it was still just I mean it was awesome to watch the refs just let him go because it's for an Olympic spot you know it was a it was something that I felt was definitely needed you know because in the in an international match that would have been stopped at six minutes and then Dennis's hand would have been raised because he had a three-point move and and Paulson had a two and a one you know so it was it was awesome to watch that. And it, I mean, I've had, I feel like God's been in my corner the whole time telling me to focus on my craft and focus on wrestling. Cause every time I've done that, it, uh, it, uh, I've done very well in, in my sport. So. Okay. Well then I think that's excellent. Uh, we'll move on to the next one. And that is from Nezer dimes uh i actually uh traced this one back he's from new jersey so you know that's terrific um a jersey boy i got mixed reviews on jersey boys oh give me a break what do you mean Um, i married one i married one that didn't work out (laughs) (laughs) all right touche um (laughs) Is Ben going to compete till 2020? And this is an interesting uh, follow-up. And would he ever switch over to freestyle? Huh. Uh, I am definitely not switching to freestyle. I will tell you that. Having I've had Pat, I had Downey here for uh, what, almost two months training and just remembering how to defend my legs is hard. Like literally I'll be, I'd be drilling with them in freestyle and then I would, I like, we'd be, I just forget that I'm wrestling freestyle and not defend my legs and like <laughs> wouldn't make sense. So <laughs> definitely, definitely not going to wrestle freestyle. I mean, I can been wrestling styles my whole life, but I mean, I'm definitely wrestling through 2020 and hopefully we can get it. I, I really want to wrestle in LA in 2024 because that's where my dad's from. My dad's family was born and raised was in LA, so I think that'd be cool. Um, so I'm definitely planning on wrestling for a long time. And let, I mean, I don't plan on losing too much, especially in the U.S. I really plan on dominating. So definitely going to stay around for a while. Okay, and this last one that we have, at least uh, that I'm using, is from a user on Instagram that is. Govols 2005, G-O-V-O-L-S 2005. 
and I believe actually, if I click the name, that is Patrick Brackett. That would be Tommy Brackett's brother, or at least relative. Tommy Brackett, of course, was a runner-up in the Junior World Team Trials, and he wrestled in the Senior Open at 80 kilograms. Um, He asks... He asks, who do you think made you the wrestler you are today? Dennis. <laughs> it's that easy. I mean, and I mean, I've had a lot of people. My mom, and you know, I've always had a you know, Dennis knew from the first day. I've always had a competitive spirit. I'm not one of the, I'm one of those guys that you know, if I get knocked down, I'm gonna try to knock you down harder. You know. I'm not going to give up. So, you know, I'm going to... Here's the thing, Tim. I I don't know if you know the story with Ben. First day he comes into my club, him and another guy are beating the hell out of each other. And at the end of practice, I go, whose kids are these? And and both the moms raise their hands. They're like, why are they in trouble? I'm like, no, no, I love them, man. I said, they're going to go far in this sport. And, you know, I saw it the first day of practice with Ben and you know, he he just bought in and and did the work and and uh you know, I, I saw great things from him the first day I saw him in the room. Well that was obviously the beginning of what has been I mean really a, an extremely unique relationship. You know, there's there's not a lot of stories like this one, at least not in this country so far as I know, anyway, where, you know, a Hall of Fame, world champ, you know, mentors a kid who winds up becoming one of the best wrestlers in the country. I mean, that that's not the kind of thing that happens every day. I mean, you both, I would assume, recognize this. Yeah, definitely, yeah, sure. You know, definitely I, a special bond. He was going to be good wherever he went. I was just fortunate enough to have him in my club. Yeah, it's just a, I feel like God, like I said, I, I feel like God put Dennis in all these nice, like, good situations in my life for a reason. And I feel, and that's why I came home too. I felt like I was supposed to be back home working with Dennis and, you know, work doing you know, Dennis was telling me about this program he was he had, and you know I really just bought in and really just tried to be a better person every day, and you know here we are. All right, well I mean that's the end of the user question, so we're pretty pretty much freestyle until we wrap this up. But hey, you know what, Ben? Obviously next year, this is one thing I wanted to ask you is that there's going to be. There's, I mean, purportedly, there's going to be some changes, obviously, and that is, uh, you know, the two-hour weigh-in window. There's also going to be, I, I believe, 90 kilograms. Are you going to switch back and forth at all? Um, I mean, if it's a, we'll, we'll have to see. It's a two-hour weigh-in. Yeah, if that's the same day weigh-in, I'll probably be at 90 kilos. You're that massive now. Huh? Here, let me hear. I'll jump on a scale right now. Let me see what I weigh. Oh boy! I'm, I'm sitting in right in front of my scale, man. I'll tell you what I weigh. Yeah, scale in my bedroom. Uh, kilos, right? Another kilo. 
93 kilos right now. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> How many kilos are you, Hall? Uh, 67. Okay. I mean, it's a... It's a semi-fair fight. That's, what, 26 kilo no, difference? Nah, it's not fair, cold. man. <laughs> He's a monster. I'm huge. <laughs> Get it. He is a monster. I drilled with him at, at, I drilled with him at the Olympic training camp last year, and I think I got thrown across the mat three feet every time he touched me. I'm like, yeah, this ain't a good idea. But it was. <laughs> I did it. I took one for the team. <laughs> yeah, he's always. Sorry. Now, now I got Hooker uh, uh, up here to take one for the yeah, team. Right, yeah, Hooker's. Hooker, it was funny this morning. Hooker was like, he was. I don't know what I was like. I was like telling him, you better. I was like, you better be quiet before I really put the whooping on you, dude. He's like, that's not a threat. He's like, what do you mean? You put another whooping on me in a thousand you've already given me? Like, what type of threat is that? All right. I'm gonna, <laughs> it's like, all right, I'm going to get beat again when I already get fucked up. Okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's a, point. that's a valid point there. I guess that's just empty threat. Hooker's a good sport. Yeah, he's a good guy. Uh, yeah, I remember the first time I scored on Dennis, though. That wasn't a good, that was a horrible time. I was, well, I just well got, break I, it down. Break it down. Give give us I, <laughs> the parameters. Give us the setting. What happened? How was was I, obviously? I'm assuming this is I was you know, some kind of training I session. I was young. I, I was young. I was. I had Fargo coming up, and I had just gotten back from Bulgaria. Dennis was still wrestling. He was getting ready for Worlds or Olympic team trials. I don't know what he was getting ready for, but it was summer. It was su- It was that summer, and we were doing a camp in Indianapolis or something. And I drove with them, and freaking, they got, I got two queen beds, and I'm sleeping on the, you know, there's another college wrestler helping them, and I'm sleeping on the freaking floor, because I'm a kid. Um, and I go, and we wrestle, like, one practice one day before our camp, and I freaking threw, I, like, I had a correct throw. It wasn't even a throw. I had a correct throw on, like, then it would have been a one-point throw. And... After that, it was just the worst day of my life. I just got the living shit kicked out of me for fucking like 40 minutes. And I was like, I was like, what else? Like, I didn't know what to do. I was just getting, he just went off. <laughs> it was not a good, smart decision for my life. <laughs> it, it was a sunning, as they say. He sunned it was, you. It was bad. Do you recall this, Paul? Yeah, I do. Yeah, he remembers. I don't like seeing sport on. He whooped my ass, especially by his 13-year-old freaking one of the kids he coaches. He was furious. He's still competing. I would have been furious, too, if I'm still competing. (laughs) I understand where he's coming from. I get it. I don't let kids score on me. (laughs) Well, how how was your emotional reaction following this beatdown? Oh, I, I think I had a few tears in my eyes, and I, I just, I mean, and I just, uh, I mean, I just kept taking it. I don't know. I couldn't stop going. I mean, unless he was done with practice. 
<laughs> you know what am I supposed to do? I didn't. I didn't stop till he was done. I don't know. <laughs> till he got what he needed, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Hammers and nails. Hammers and nails. There's a, there's a reason. There's a reason I'm so tough. I second that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, Ben, this was an absolute pleasure. Um, I mean, really, I'm really super pleased that uh, we had a chance to get you on, Um, especially, you know, with the summer you have ahead. You know, there's a a lot going on. You have, obviously, I guess, what, one or one and a half more training camps or whatever it is, something like that. Is that not close? Am I close? Yeah, I got. I mean, just one, we just have. Well, I think we have two camps left because, well, I guess a half camp for um, the Mac, uh, whatever camp, acclimation camp. Acclimation. But, yeah. but no, yeah, yeah it's pretty much Montpier. one tough camp in front of me. But you know, I'm doing a hard, you know, cardio cycle right now at home, and you know, I might. We'll see. I might stay home a little bit longer because now Hooker's back. So we'll see. Uh, I mean, just. Clean it by ear. Probably go to Colorado for a little bit because I want to wrestle a little bit more and just get more in tune in tune to my wrestling and wrestling hard and practicing and stuff and you know just getting ready for the worlds. I'm you know hopefully excited to you know take that leap and win a world medal this year. I, I feel like I'm ready for it. Uh, I I don't think you're alone um, for sure. I think there's. I mean I would. I would say that the entire U.S. Greco community believes that as well. I uh, am hesitant to obviously wish you good luck because when I have done that previously, uh, Hall has completely overreacted and jumped on me, saying that it is not luck. Preparation. Keep going. I agree. Yeah, it's preparation. There, you know, it ain't luck. Luck is when you go on the street and you find a hundred dollar bill. You know, preparation is when you go work for the hundred dollar bill. So, I mean, it's the same thing. He's got to get this work done in the next month and a half, and you know, go over there and beat the hell out of some guys. Pretty simple. Okay. Yeah, there's no doubt. That's as true. Per, as per usual, I am. Alfred out of the situation. So Ben, <laughs> I certainly wish you extremely well, rigorous. Yeah. I wish you well. I wish you extremely rigorous and productive preparation and obviously a medal, a podium trip in Paris. I will let Hall close this one out. Yeah, I, I, I think he's really- He's doing the right things. You know, he's just got to make sure he gets a good training cycle this last month and a half. And, you know, I, he's definitely ready to go get a medal. And, you know, I, I think his mind's been open over the last year and a half. And, uh, you know, he's becoming a student of the sport. He's studying himself. He's learning and, and always trying to make the adjustments. And that's that's a big difference in the band that, I've had in the past, coached in the past. Uh, you know, he, he's he's breaking stuff 
down and figuring things out. Instead of being taught how to win that world world gold medal, he's figuring it out for himself. And when you do that, you have more confidence. And so you're doing good things. Like, you know, just make sure you do everything every single day to put yourself in a spot to, to be on the podium this year. You know, if you, you don't get the work done, get your ass out of bed and, and, and go get the work done, you know. And I know you're doing the work. So just keep doing what you're doing, and, and good things will happen in Paris. Definitely. I'm excited to represent. It should be good. All right, Ben. Well, once again, thank you very much for taking the time out tonight and uh, coming on. We absolutely uh, – or both. I, I, I'm sure I can speak for your mentor here when I say privilege and honored you uh, decided to join us. So, really, thank you. Anytime. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for. Thank you for what you do for getting us. We'll see you tomorrow night for the fireworks. What's up? I said we'll see you tomorrow night for the fire- yeah, fireworks. Yeah, what time are you doing at dark? Next week. Yeah, doing it in my yard. Make sure you don't bring anything that can start on fire because we do Roman candle fights. Ooh. It's pretty fun. All right. I could bring some safety glasses for that. Exactly. Koontz has all the goggles and everything. I'm wearing a sweatshirt tomorrow. I'm down. Last time I wore one of those under or one of those uh, tight shirts, dry fit shirts or whatever. Roman candle hit it. Ruined, I ruined my shirt. Nah, it didn't burn me, but it ruined my shirt. And well, it sucked because it was my world gold shirt. So I oh, had to throw it in the garbage. I'll bring a shitty shirt tomorrow. All right, excellent. We're exactly. closing this out with extreme professionalism. <laughs> um, you can follow two-time Olympian and 2017 world team member Ben Provisor on Twitter at B underscore Provisor. 74 and as is custom you can also follow dennis hall on twitter at dennis hall wgw i can't promise that he will actually use twitter but you can follow him just the same and obviously please follow five point move at five pt thank you very much take care is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.